Let me uh, pray once again just briefly before we start. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning, Lord. I thank you for my brothers and my sisters in Christ here with me as one body. Lord, a body amongst a, a larger body, Father. I thank you for your word, for the salvation that comes only through Christ Jesus, and for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that has come to prove there is no longer a separation between God and man. And we just thank you for the communion we have with you and that we have with each other through the blood of Jesus Christ. So bless us this morning, Lord, as we hear your word and open our hearts and our minds to receive it, Father, in its fullness with a joyful obedience. Amen. I'm going to start by reading um, 1 John 1, verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. What exactly does it mean that God is light, right? What does that carry with it? And as I was thinking about this, I think about Jesus. Jesus coming into the world. And what is it that Christ fulfilled? What, what was Christ's mission? And what is the words that the Scriptures tell us about Christ's coming? If we were to jump to something else uh, John had to write for us in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. John starts by telling us that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, that the Word is God, right? And that this Word, he starts calling him a he, and we know that this, he's talking about Jesus the Christ, and he says that all things were made through him, all things were made for him and by him, but then he makes this statement in verse 4 and 5, he says these things. In him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Now it says that this light in verse 5 shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I've been thinking recently about how, how can we be a light to this community? How is it that Friendship Bible as a body, you know, individually and corporately, how is it that we are going to inspire life back into the city that God himself has put us into? You know, I ask people all the time, you know, um, where were you born? They'll give me an answer. I was born in Corona, California, in case you didn't know. Never been, I don't think I've ever been back there, but that's where I was born, Corona, California. And then they'll, so they'll tell me, and I'll say, okay, great, why did you choose that place? And they're like, what kind of a stupid question is that? I didn't choose to be born there. Oh, okay. Well, who are your parents? And they'll tell me, okay, well, why did you choose those parents? Oh, you didn't choose those parents. Okay, well, how did you end up here? Oh, my parents moved here, yada, 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 yada. Okay, well, why did you tell your parents to move here? Well, I didn't tell my, what are you getting at, Darren? And my point is, is we really don't have much control over anything in our life. Rather, we think we do or not. And 
regardless of, of what our aspirations are, what our plans are, where we came from or where we're, we're going, right now God has put us here. God has put us at Friendship Bible Church in Kerrville, Texas, in the good old USA, and he didn't put us here without a purpose. Anybody ever seen like a huge fuse box or, or one of those electrical panels just full of wires and different things and it looks crazy? I look at those, I don't know anything about them. I don't know what's going on. But I'll tell you what, none of those are there on accident. You pull out one of those fuses, you pull out one of those plugs, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of very unhappy people, right? Every one of those fuses, every one of those plugs, every one of those connections was put there for a purpose. It was specifically designed to transfer power and ability and information from one place to another. And God is a great designer. God is a great architect, and he has put us here and plugged us into certain people, to certain communities, for very specific reasons. Very specific reasons. There's nothing in this world without purpose. Pastor Mark said, we don't, we're not going to call it an accident. God doesn't make accidents. Right? There's a purpose. That's actually where I, why I wore this shirt this morning. I forgot I was wearing it for a second. Um, I love this shirt. It's such a great shirt. My, my mom bought it for me years ago. I don't wear it too often because it's a little, you know, it's a little much. You know, Pastor, you know, maybe if it isn't smaller over here. But I actually, I actually wore it because what you're not seeing at the moment is the back of my shirt defines the purpose of pastor, at least for me, right? And it says pastor, and on the back it says, because hardcore devil-stomping ninja is not an official job title. And as much as I'd like to print that on my business card, I don't know that I could make it fit well. So it's kind of funny, but, you know, this shirt, it, it defines, you know, what does pastor mean? And I think for today, that's a question that, man, we got to define all the time. Someone tells me they're, they're a pastor, and the first thing that comes to my mind is I wonder what that means to them. You know, there's a lot of pastors that I, I see at churches, and they're great preachers. I don't know how much actual pastoring they're doing. And that's not saying anything bad about them. That's just, that's just the way it is sometimes. And then there are some, some places where you've got this little guy, and you know, and Maybe he's not a world-famous, flying-on-jets, you know, preacher, but man, he is in the lives and hearts of everyone in this community, and he's pastoring his people. And so there's sometimes a definition, right? There's a defining purpose of who we are and what we're doing. And I think we see that here with Jesus. You see, through Jesus was the source in which all things were created, defined, and made, and they were made with a purpose. And when Christ, the Word of God, became a living man, it says that in him was life. That when Jesus walked on earth, the life of everything in the universe was in him. Life. And that this life that Christ carried was the light of men. But it defines this light. See, it says in verse 5 that this light is a light that shines into darkness. It is a penetrating light. Right? It doesn't hang out in real well-lit spots. No, it goes into where it's dark and it penetrates. It exposes. It makes manifest 
And it says that the darkness did not comprehend it. I think in the ESV, I could be wrong, one of the translations says that the darkness has not overcome it. Has not, to this day, has not overcome it. Jesus says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is the light that Christ walked in. The power, the life, the presence of the living God. But it's kind of an interesting light. Um, not a normal light. You know, if we, if we shut off all the lights in here and we, we sealed up all the windows and cracks and doorways and it was pitch black, and I brought in, boom. I just, maybe if I just turned on my phone, it's in a great darkness, that would be pretty bright. Whereas right now, it's not going to do much. But as soon as I turn that off, it's dark again. Well, see, it's interesting. The characteristics of light here is it's light and life. It's not light like this that is, is you know, it flows out, it goes out, and when it's done, it's done. No, it's a, it's a transformational light. It's a powerful agent of change, this light. I want you just for a second, just imagine, imagine in your head the earth. There's no life on it. It's dead. It's dry. The earth is cracked. Complete darkness. That's, that's the whole world. And then suddenly, a lamp appears, and it shines light, and everything, boom, comes to life. You can see the dirt. You can see the cracks. You can see everything there. But it's very interesting because when this light turns, this area stays lit. The light doesn't go away. Suddenly there's light from heaven shining on it. Not only that, but now life begins to grow. You begin to see grass sprout up out of that dead, cracked earth. And as it illuminates, it illuminates the areas next to it, and it comes to life, and then grass begins to grow. And now it's illuminated, and it illuminates the darkness around it, and the lamp keeps moving. It keeps adding light, and life comes with it, and that light and that life is transferred transferred to what was a dead and fruitless land. And now what was dead and fruitless is a light and a life of its own and is radiating out to the darkness. It's radiating out to the darkness and it's bringing new life. That is the church and the body of Jesus Christ. Christ is the light and the life of men. And he did not come in a big bang as far as he came into the world. He made a great light. It was, it was nice and wonderful, and then it burnt out, and we're all looking back to it. But no, it's a transferable, it's a transformational light, and it brings about life. I've been asking the question recently in the Bible school, we've been studying what is the church. What was the birth of the church? What does the word church mean? And one of the questions I ask is, what is the purpose of the church? And I think there's a lot of ways to answer that. There's a lot of right answers to that as far as what is the church. But for me, the, the answer I was looking for, or not really looking for, I knew they weren't going to give it to me, but the answer I wanted to give to them is that the church is a body of people who are continuing the ministry of Christ. 
continuing it, not looking back to it, not hoping someone else will do it, but understanding that Christ's life, the same life and light of Christ that called Lazarus from the dead, that made lame man walk, has been transferred to us, has been given to us as a stewardship, and we are supposed to be continuing that same work. The same work. Jesus tells us, actually, in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they put a lamp or light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So again, we see that, that we have been given this light, and this light has come with a purpose. You know, it's too easy. I even, I even, I even worry about it myself. I go, you know, um, let's just use this. For example, I'm preaching on Sunday. I'm going to teach Bible school tomorrow. I'm going to be at Reset Tuesday covering for Randall. I'm going to be with, um, well, I may or may not be with Josh on Wednesday doing Blueprint. I'm going to be in Hunt doing um, Pathways. And Thursdays, I've got home church on Fridays, and sometimes I'm like, man, when am I going to get out and talk to someone who's not saved, <laughs> you know? Now, I thank the Lord that on Wednesdays when I go to the youth ranch and then Thursdays when I go to Pathways, that most of those children that I'm speaking to don't know the Lord, or they know the Lord, but they don't know how to walk with Him, and so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that on Tuesdays there, there is an opportunity to maybe reach some Shriner students who don't know the Lord well. But I, I look at my life, and I look at a lot of other Christians' lives who, who they're getting excited, and their, their weeks are starting to fill more and more with good Christian groups. And I wonder, are we going from one basket to another with our light? Well, that was cozy and fun. Let's find another one to be under. You see, Jesus has given us a light so that we can be put on a stand. Not to seek anything, but to give out, to radiate, to transform to penetrate into dark, broken, and lifeless areas. Lifeless areas, right? And it says that we're supposed to have such a light in us, such a life given by Christ, walking as he walked, that it radiates to everyone in the house. Wherever we go, those people near us, they should see that light. And it's a light that should come about that when men see it, that that transformational light, they, re they receive that, they experience that, and it turns their heart to where they begin to glorify God because of what they see come out of weak, beggarly, base people like me and you. And if you're not weak, beggarly, base, well, then you too. <laughs> But God has given us such an amazing light to shine forth and to penetrate the darkness. But my question tonight is, how are we, or tonight, this morning is, so used to preaching in the evenings, 
How are we going to do it? That's a question that we cannot leave unanswered, that we cannot leave for someone else to figure out. I am so thankful and so blessed to be part of this congregation and to know the heart and the love for Jesus here. But I believe we're at a time right now, and I even heard, heard echoes of this coming out of Mark's mouth, what he was talking about today, that we are on the forefront of seeing the greatest revival in this area of Kerrville, Texas, has ever been seen. Man, <laughs> Whew, okay, I'm going to start crying now. I don't even know why. Something I'm saying has got to be true. We are about to see the greatest revival of this area. We are about to see more disciples coming out of the darkness, more lights and house fires coming on fire and burning. (laughs) And burning the light of Jesus Christ than ever before. I believe it. I see it. The Lord is working it. We hear the echoes of unity everywhere we go. Josh can affirm it. We hear the echoes of meeting more outside the church walls everywhere we go. And I believe it's coming, but we need to be on mission. We need to have a purpose for understanding why has God put us here and make the connections he had. What is it that we are invested in? How is it that we are going to plan and invest our time and resources and abilities and gifts into reaching out, into building up, into sending forth? What is that purpose? Because I believe that when we begin to define that, maybe, maybe it's already defined and we need to just bring it out and define it again. Maybe it needs to shift. When we as a church define that, and when we become of one mind in prayer and in pursuit of that, man, the darkness is not going to comprehend what is going on in Kerrville, Texas. I believe that. I believe that. I'm not a very good motivational speaker. I'm not good at making people feel good. So this, is, this, is, this has got to be from the Lord <laughs> if it sounds good to you. But I believe it. And so I want to leave you today with just a question, just a, just a prayer to take home with you and to bring back in the weeks to come. What is our purpose? What is our plan? And where are we going as a church body? Because I want to see that revival, and I want to be part of it. I don't want to watch it from afar. I want to know that we're in the midst of that bonfire walking with Jesus, unharmed by the flame. So I pray that we would all take ownership of the light that Jesus has given us and come back with answers, with ideas, with encouragements on how we can be that light together. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity just to be here and worship you, Lord. I thank you for Pastor Mark and for the elders, for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. I thank you that you've given us a great light, Lord, the power of the living God, the Holy Spirit burning as an oil in these lanterns, Father God. I thank you that you've given us this city to reach, Father God. And I pray that you would help us reach it, to be unashamed, Lord, to be fruitful, 
to be empowering to those going out and to be praying over the new ones coming in, Lord. Bless us. Show us how to serve one another. And Lord, above all things, I pray that we would glorify the name above all names. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.